to the show. You are listening to not Lori and Julia, but the adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I know we usually do a show from noon to three. If you can't listen during that time, your special treat this Friday, we're taking over LoJ's show. Who are these two people? But it's kind of a punishment because we lost in the pickleball tournament that was Project Down and Dirty last Our punishment is your gain. Excuse me, sorry. Are you my okay? Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you want to know anything about a cruise, Bradley Trainer is here for you because he loves cruises. He is our expert cruiser here at My Talk. It's and- a lifestyle. Where else can you go? You go for dinner, you go to a show, you go dancing. Um, through the day, you have all these activities. And I love the hula dancing and the, and the ballroom dancing. Oh, <laughs> I don't know who That's that was, take. but okay, that's it then. No, you just went on a fabulous cruise that was so interesting to me. You went to the Panama Canal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a cruise, you have a cruise coming up. <sighs> exactly, and I I don't want to just be like, hey, let's talk about cruise. But if you know, people do send me email, and I get uh, probably a couple emails each week with questions about cruising that. Uh, that people have and they're very general questions usually. So if you've got any general cruise questions, feel free to drop us a line. Um, six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. We'll do a quick segment and I'll, I can give you some tips and tricks, but you know, everybody's got their, their like preferred method of travel, right? Like, Mm -hmm. in fact, Lori is just coming back from Hawaii and man, when I come back in my next life, I want to be Lori Bargini because this woman knows how to travel and she doesn't do cruises. She does sort of just the, well, her, her Hawaii experience has been next level. Yeah, so Lady Exercise. Lady Exercise. She did a bunch of <sighs> videos. Um, she's super excited to be back, and I know we can't wait to hear all about her Hawaii uh, shenanigans. Do you think she's super excited to be back? No, of course not. Okay. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just trying to sell it, Dawn, because, oh, yeah. you know... Uh, she'll she'll be who she is um but that's her all that was all just to say that's her way of travel you know our good friend jason matheson his preferred method of travel is disney Disney. right like that's his happy place and to me like cruising is my disney yeah because that's like where it's just my preferred method of relaxation vacationing Yeah. yeah well um do you like you had just referenced a cruise we were on earlier this year, which was the Panama Canal. Mm-hmm. And that that's like a super once, you know, I shouldn't say once in a lifetime per se, but that's a unique yeah. cruise itinerary, right? Yes. Because um, you're going to a very specific place. Um, but most cruises, most of our cruising experiences, like most people, we're just like bebopping around the Caribbean somewhere, enjoying a beach and... Uh, you know, a nice day in the sun. If you could give somebody one tip for what not to do. Oh, when you go on a cruise, like what? That's a great question, Dawn. Like make sure and don't do this. Is it fall for some excursion that you think is crap? Or is it like, um, buying the soda package? That's a great question. Water with you. That's a great question. I would say that don't, uh, don't limit yourself. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like some people will say, don't ever book an excursion with the cruise line directly. Oh, and some people will say, okay. don't ever not book an excursion with the cruise line directly. Don't limit yourself uh, to one way of doing things. And that's because on cruising, there's so many different cruise lines and so many different m- versions of mm-hmm. uh 
cruising that really find what works best for you. And each cruise will be different. Like, so we don't always do the same thing on a cruise, right? Like sometimes we might do a cruise based excursion and sometimes we might just get off the cruise ship and bebop on our own. Uh, I would also like to know, this is a basic question about like, do you just fly into the port and then take an Uber or park in your car? Is it like super expensive to park your car for the week? Here's the thing you should never do. Rarely, if ever. Okay. Don't do it. Fly in the same day. Oh. If you can at all help it, don't ever fly to uh, your cruise destination the day of. And that's because if you haven't been on a cruise before or thought about it, you don't want to be arriving the same day for fear that there's a delay. Right. And you're not able to get on your boat. Right. So if you give yourself a little bit of an extra cushion. Now, the only time that that doesn't come into effect is if sometimes cruise lines will include airfare. And oftentimes if they include airfare in your uh, fare, your cruise fare, then you're guaranteed to get on that boat. Right. So you might have a flight that comes in the same day and you don't have to worry about missing your boat. But generally avoid that. Now, what about driving is it expensive to park your car at these ports do they charge you like an astronomical fee well if like you live here you're not doing that right because you're just flying in but if you live in florida um then there are cruise ports that have like just like an airport daily parking but i wouldn't do that i would just like take an uber or something true yeah okay um yeah when i lived in missouri most people would just drive to the port because it would be you know within a day's drive to drive to wherever it was leaving. Oh, from sure. Texas like if you Alabama. drove to Galveston or something yep. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's actually where oh, we uh, flew out of. We did get a, an email from Christine. She said the metal hook tip was great. And I'm assuming what she's referring to is if you've never been in a cruise uh, or on a cruise ship before in a room, a cruise cabin, the walls are metallic. Oh, yeah. And therefore, it's always a great idea to bring a package of metal hooks uh, that have magnets in them and you can buy them online on Amazon. And then because you usually have limited storage space in a cruise cabin and then you just put the hooks on the wall. Wow. And then you can hang your towels, your hats, you know, all sorts of stuff to dry. That is so cool. Uh, do you think that people should take a small cruise first before they just to know if they like cruising? Like if you've never done a cruise, people, that's a great question. Five day cruise. People always ask that, and I always say, absolutely not. Oh, Book a week cruise. Now, look, you can book whatever <laughs> length works for you and your budget. But if you can, if it's going to be between you you booking it and not booking it, then do what length works for you. I would say just go ahead and do a week, and here's why. I don't think I've ever met anyone who went on a cruise and came back and said, absolutely not, never again. Usually, it's the opposite. Okay. Yeah. So if they go to the effort to get on a cruise, you're going to find yourself on about day five, just a, just feeling like you're settling in mm-hmm. and then you're done. Gotcha. So j- just go for a week, man. And my final question, what about travel insurance? That's also a great question. Do you do that Two through things. your credit card or through the cruise line or? Two things. It depends on your credit card. So always check first. And that's just good travel advice for anything. Mm -hmm. Check to see what your travel insurance is if you purchase through your credit card. And they will give you like a whole pamphlet printout PDF file that you can go through and make sure it covers things, including cruises. 
But if it doesn't cover things or you don't have that coverage with your insurance, there are really cheap policies. And I would always buy one because God forbid, and we've had this happen where you get sick Mm. or something happens and you have to change things at the last minute, then you're not out a bunch of money. Like if you get hurt, let's say it would include that. You can pay for coverage that would cover all that stuff. Absolutely. I know that's not, those aren't very like fun, sexy topics, but but for people who just don't know what to do. Yeah. People get scared. Like, Oh, I don't want to put all this money in something. What if something happens? Right. Um, those were great questions, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you for answering. And dear listeners, when we come back, I'm very excited here on the adventures of Bradley and Dawn, which is parading and masquerading itself today as Lori and Julia. We, um, we're going to take a page from Lori and Julia. They do a book club page. Nice. Uh, they do a book club. So we're going to do a book club. And to that end, we found an author who wanted to join us because he has a new book out. You might know this author. Uh, and we'll find out who that is when we come back right here on my talk 1071. Hey everybody. It's Lori and Julia here from Minneapolis plastic surgery. And you know, both Lori and I have done plastic surgery and I, I had my first experience in my mid-20s when I just had my breasts were so large for my body and I couldn't stand them. And I for years I'm like, oh, I'm, I hate these things, you know, and it was probably one. I mean, at the time, I just felt so refreshed having a re- breast reduction. You're so happy. I was so happy. And then we had our brow lifts done and then you recently have had a facelift that looks magnificent. Thank you. And if you are a person who's just something bugs you or something changes, you know, you can just go ask questions to the great, talented team um, team at Minneapolis Plastic Surgery. They are board-certified plastic surgeons. Their first consultation is at no charge. Go in and ask your questions. Get a feel. See, look at photos before and after. Yeah, it's really a life-changing thing, and we've been so happy. Same, really happy. And so, Minneapolis Plastic Surgery, for more information, go to my talk keyword. Plastic. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Happy Friday to everybody out there listening. It's my talk, 1071. This is your place for entertainment. This is your place for celebrity gossip. And Lori and Julia are not here today. They're uh, earning, well, they earned a day off because they won the pickleball tournament in Project Down and Dirty. And so this is our punishment, but we're having a good time. Punishment. Ha ha ha, joke's on you. (laughs) That's right. Uh, We know that Lori and Julia are really into reading books. I mean, those girls will speed through a book, have an author on the next week. They just amaze me. Yeah. So we wanted to try to do something similar. Yeah, we thought we would just honor the tradition. Right. Uh, And so we thought, let's think big here. You know, who can we try to get? Okay. And so it is my pleasure to welcome Stephen King on the show today. 
Hello, can I call you Steve? Oh uh, yes, that is fine. Yeah. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, wow, quite the uh, quite the setup. I don't think I've ever done an interview oh. where it was punishment. Oh. No, 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 no! You're not <laughs> no. the punishment. We're the punishment. <laughs> We're the punishment. We are. We are being punished. But um, yeah, I. So don't I'm not worry part of that. the. No, you're not. Okay, okay. You're not well, part of the punishment. Say, I've, done, I've done many interviews, but this this is not. This is very unique. <laughs> yes. Well. Very unique. You don't necessarily talk about punishment in your books. Sometimes you do. It just depends on how you look at it. But no, I would. I would see my books as a little more uplifting, yeah. Um, depending on your perspective, right. uh, I was I was raised. Uh, my my father maintained a lighthouse on Lake Michigan, oh. and I spent many times uh, just wandering and wondering. And there's a lot of downtime uh, if there's if there's nothing going on. That was unique. I loved my upbringing. It was it was wonderful. It was joyous. Oh, and you, led me to write many creative books. Do you think the lighthouse then was like a form of inspiration for your writing? I think it, it can be. Um, it 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 was for me. Uh, my brother dabbled in writing too, but it, it didn't. It didn't quite pan out for him. He oh. um, he never he 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 was lazy. Um, he drank a lot. Okay. Uh, it just. It ruined the family dynamic. Oh. Um, okay. So uh, my parents were very proud of my work, and uh, for years I've worked on my craft, and I've, I've had some good ones and some bad ones, and this is just, um, I, I'm delighted to talk to you today. This is quite a um, uh, a great way to express your feelings and to, to sell books, I guess, is, is, is the yeah. main is the main thing. Well, in in that vein and on that note, do you want to tell us about your latest book? We're very excited uh, to read it. Yes, yes. I I kind of switched. I, I'm going off the beaten path here okay. of what I have normally done in the past. And uh, inspired by the water, uh, I've decided to uh, just write a, 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 not a long book, but not a mystery or anything like that, but just... A tribute to seagulls. The seagull is a uh, magnificent bird, and as you, if you study them over the years, they're they are uh, scavengers. Mm. Um, so they have some type of desire inside that their their soul. Mm. I, I believe seagulls have a soul, but <laughs> they they are consumers. They want they want, yeah. and they will do anything in their power to get fed. Right. They will. They will, uh, they will uh, go for the jugular. They will go for the, they're very violent. Yeah. And I guess that's where that kind of uh, piqued my interest, the violence of the seagull, but also that inner desire. Yeah. Inner desire to consume. Do you think that's an allegory for just yeah. like humanity writ large? Because I, I'm feeling very, like, I feel like there's a lot of overlap then between the hunger of the seagull and just mankind's thirst for, you know, meaning in life. Oh, yeah. Good point, Bradley. No, no not at all. Oh, okay. No, um, no, I think, you, I think you're wrong there, but uh, uh, I, I, I admire your... Listen, if okay. I can open up a discussion mm-hmm. for people to talk about seagulls, which we're doing right now, yeah. for me, 
That's fantastic because that is my current hot button. That's your the, current... The, the stu- study of the seagull, you know, it's just, it's very, they have just evolved and they yeah. don't need water. They you can don't? find them in a Walmart parking lot. Oh, sure. So they're, they're, um, there's, I, I guess you would call them uh, urban, urban seagulls. Mm. The yeah. rural seagull is pure. I would say the urban seagull has a little bit of an attitude. Right. And, and, and when it's when it's scavenging, when it's, when it's pounding the others away so it can get to the, the popcorn or the dropped french Do- fry, it's, it's, it's incredible. Oh, yes. Yeah. You you must have had a lot of interactions with seagulls over the years because of the lighthouse. Because of the lighthouse, and that's where uh, we we had a flock of seagulls, um, which reminds me of the song. Right. Uh, the I ran. Or, right. Right. Um, and I remember studying them. They had they would come by. We didn't feed them per se, but they knew that we were consuming. They were hungry. So certain parts of the day, oh. they knew that it was lunchtime. They knew when it was breakfast. They knew, and uh, I could tell you the truth, we ate outside a lot just sure. because uh, it was not the winter, but in the summer months when it's gorgeous, mm. how do you not? And, of course, anytime there's food near uh, a beach, uh, water, the seagulls are going to find it. And I- that's determination. So oh, maybe maybe that's just a little bit more to your uh, speaking, uh, uh, oh, I, yeah. uh, maybe I'll take a step back and say maybe they are a little bit closer to humans than we think. Just they so, have all, some of the same characteristics. Yeah, that's very insightful. So just to reiterate for the audience, if you're just joining us on Lori and Julia, it's Dawn and Bradley today in for Lori and Julia. And we are talking to the author Stephen King about his new book about seagulls. I, I, I want to apologize because... I failed at the outset to mention the title of your oh, book, and right. I want to make sure you get the chance to give listeners yeah. the opportunity to order your book or pick it up yes. at their local bookseller. Uh, the name of the book is simple. Simplicity. The Seagull's Story. The Seagull's it comes out next story. Tuesday. Yes. And not just specific, but it's the, the, the entire population. It's not a specific seagull uh, where we tracked and followed. It mm-hmm. was just... It's it's how they how they behave how they live their life. Nobody, do you know anybody that talks about seagulls? No. Well, not as much as you, and I'm glad that and, you do because now we're going to have this gift of this book. Question: and If yes, do have you ever? Ha- what's the mating process? Oh God, the mating process is I mean, beautiful. It's beautiful. Beautiful mating process is beautiful. I um. I've watched them mate. Um, the males are quite aggressive. Okay. Uh, the females are picky. Oh. It's not just, it's not a free-for-all. It's right. not a seagull uh, orgy, so to speak. It's oh. just a, um, it's a, it's a, a specific seagull yeah. trying to find that seagull uh, mate. And they don't mate for life. They don't mate for life. Right. It's uh, it's not that romantic. They're 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 trying. You know, they're trying too hard sometimes. And and the females just the females are fantastic in their choices. They are picky. Stephen, wow. I want to thank you so much. The music means we we must run. And this the, is not the seagull story. Seagull okay. story. Thank you. We're picking you. it up at B Dalton. Thank you so much, Stephen King, author. Thank you for the time. Thank and, you for the time. Uh, we appreciate all of your works, and we'll put it. 
uh, a link to them on our show links page. That's right. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. All right. Welcome back to the show. It's the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Filling in for LoJ today. They had the day off because they were the champions of the pickleball tournament and we were dead last. Yep, we're what? losers today, but you lucked out, kids, because right. you get to enjoy all those. Mm. Hey, speaking of Hollywood speak, uh, the listeners might not know on our show, we do a lot of Hollywood speaking, too. We don't call it that because that was, of course, Lori and Julia's um, phrase, but they really did blaze that trail because what the real story behind headlines is usually far more interesting than the headlines themselves. That is so true. Yes. So we're going to do some royal Hollywood speak here. Um, we got to talk about Kate Middleton. Every other story out there is about her health. Uh, she did have uh, some type of an abdominal surgery. And it was the palace was very careful about saying like planned surgery. And she would be out for months. We haven't seen her since Christmas. The palace, because of all the talk, like, where is she? Where is she? They issued another statement saying, we told you she wasn't going to be out and about until April or Easter, around Easter. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we told you a long time ago that she wasn't going to be out. So lay off, essentially, Mm -hmm. in their very royal way. Yeah. But you've seen so many different articles speculating What's going on with her? Yeah, I'm not sure. What I will say is they've been speculating not only about her, but Prince Charles. And they're clearly not telling the full story, which is leading to all sorts of speculation. Um, But, you know, that's people love to talk about what they think the royals are really doing behind the scenes. What they're really up to. Well, like I said, the statement was we'd only be providing significant updates. That guidance stands. Kate is, quote, doing well. All right. Now, the reason why we're here isn't to talk about that story. We're here to talk about how awful Meghan Markle is. Well, (laughs) so here's the thing. For the audience, they might not know this because I'm pretty sure Lori and Julia were all on the same page on this one. The tabloids treat them like crap, uh, Harry and Meghan. And whatever you think of them, the way they've been treated by the tabloids, both in the United Kingdom mostly, but also here in the U.S. a little bit, mostly like the page sixes of the world Mm -hmm. and and like the New York Post, they seem to always want to go after specifically Meghan, right? 
Yeah. And, and they're still doing it to this Megan day. Megan has nothing to do with the firm anymore, meaning the royal family. She lives here. She has no um, responsibility to them or how they release information, but they're still going to tie them. And here is a story. Page six. The title is Megan Markle hits the slopes for perfect trip with friends as Kate Middleton remains unseen. Mm. So yeah, like God so she's having fun <laughs> while God only knows what's going on with poor Megan Mark or uh, poor Kate Middleton. Yeah. So the story, you know, she enjoyed a day of skiing with friends at a resort in Utah. One of her friends posted an Instagram photo on Thursday and it said, wow, what a perfect trip. Uh, my heart is so full. So, of course, they're taking this as and they want you to believe and think that she is being so unkind. And as her sister-in-law is suffering somehow, she's enjoying herself on a ski slope. Yeah, like, well, actually, maybe she's just not connected to the family at all anymore and is out living her own life. And frankly, uh, like, I didn't see, you know, William and Kate be bopping over to see them in their new home. Like, there's clearly a rift with these families. So that doesn't mean she has to, like, stay home for the rest of her life. Because there's something negative in the press or something going on possibly with Kate Middleton behind the scenes. So it's just like, you know, it's the it's the tabloids just doing what they always do, which is trying to make you feel a certain way about Meghan Markle. And the reason why she they left had to do with her safety and also to to get away from all of this stuff. Like if she let's say she were still involved and they were still working members of the firm, she wouldn't be able to ski. Because they would have to run that by everyone in charge and say, and they would say, that's not a good idea right now. We don't want you to look like you're having fun when your sister-in-law is in the hospital. Like she would not have been able to do this. But yeah. it's part of the reason why they left is because they were under such, uh, I don't know, uh, what would you call it? It's just such a, it's it's a machine Well, over they there. just didn't want to do the job. I mean, yeah. you know, there was a job that they, that initially they signed up for they decided they didn't want to do it anymore because they thought the cost was too high which i don't blame them yeah um but consequently that requires them to like live their own life and living their own life is going to mean going about their business despite the fact that there's you know like i think maybe we've all had family members who have been under the weather yeah uh and we went about our lives and checked in made sure to be honest, though, I don't even know that they would be checking in to make sure Kate's okay because there seems to be a strong rift between right. uh, the Sussexes and the, are they still the Wales? Yeah, right? Mountbatten, Windsor, well, Wales? Well, the Prince of Wales. Okay, yeah, still Wales over yeah. there. Um, yeah, I, I would say if you do, if you read Harry's book, Spare, he lays it all out, what it started with. Really, the beginning of their rift was while Kate Middleton was pregnant and Megan was getting married. There was some type of a argument or concern over a a dress like a flower girl dress for the wedding. It was a misunderstanding whenever Kate came over to talk about it or work things out. Megan said, Uh, Totally understandable. I know I've heard, you know, your hormones are all crazy and you can that can happen sometimes you can get upset. And it was that like, don't dare talk about my hormones. That whole thing. It seemed very intrusive to her and just something for us in America 
as Americans, we I would say that to a woman in the bathroom, you know, <laughs> or at the gym yeah. if they struck up a conversation with me and they were pregnant, yeah. you know? And, and again, like, you know, also, but here's the other thing I know is like family dynamics are weird and sometimes relationships, you know, they don't work out the way you would like them to in your family and you're kind of just stuck with it because they're family, right? So mm-hmm. like things can be awkward and complicated and they may have had the chance to figure things out. But now I feel like they're both in different countries. They're on opposite sides of not technically opposite sides of the globe, but pretty far apart from one another. And I imagine with all the fault all around King Charles and potentially him not perhaps being in his role as long as originally one mm-hmm. thought yeah. that Kate plus all of her own medical issues is probably not really thinking much about Meghan Markle and her ski trip and Absolutely doesn't really feel not. aggrieved by it. Like the page, like page six would have you believe. Right. It's not like the palace would be reacting to this going, well, look at Megan just skiing, having a grand old time. Kate's probably glad that she's gone. I mean, it sounds like since yeah. they haven't really, I don't think there's much love re- lost. Yeah. They yeah. haven't really taken time to repair the, uh, the relationship. If you notice, every time Harry goes over for whatever reason, Megan doesn't. Oh, come. she doesn't go. I told you this this morning. I was like, I bet she was just made a thing to him, like uh, you know, just drew a line in the sand. Like I am never going back to the UK, right? Because I don't think that she has ever been back, right? I don't. I don't. Did they go back once to pick that, up their stuff, or it was always Harry? I think. Yeah, I don't remember her going back. I don't ever. either. I feel like she's not going back. I feel like she's like, you know what? You people are terrible. Yeah, you're trash. And I am done with you. <laughs> right. Meaning the whole country, because she kind of got a raw deal. Absolutely. The racism over there in their tabloids was just despicable. So when we come back, dear listeners, here on the adventures of Bradley and Dawn, which is pretending to be Lori and Julia today. <laughs> Julia. Um, that's my best Lori. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Rocco is coming back. Why? Because he's got a happy hour game for us to play. I'm very excited and uh, very excited to have all these fabulous listeners around us, Don. Let's uh, continue the fun. One more hour.